Welcome, everyone, to 2023 season episode 24 of the Team Blaney podcast. My name is Adam Rogers, and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. As always, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the drivers of the Blaney racing family for two decades, and then Team Blaney itself launched on social media in 2014. Each weekly episode of the podcast offers an in-depth analysis of Ryan Blaney's latest NASCAR Cup Series race, plus news notes and a lineup of special guests all throughout the year. This week, we break down the number 12 team's run in the Quaker State 400 this past weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Steve, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I know we were all in Atlanta this weekend, and I have to ask you, was the trip to Atlanta worth it? Nice. Was it Was it worth it? You beat me to the pun. Dang it. <laughs> you know I was going there, but you beat me I to the pun. The, stole the joke from you. It was very, that was very punny of you. It was worth it. And first uh, time there for you, right? Yes. Hot Atlanta. Like nobody calls it Hot Atlanta anymore. <laughs> but uh, the, um, yeah, the, the trip went well. Um, you know, only one or two little traffic jams on the way into town, but uh, we made it down there with more than enough time to spare. Um, Thanks to uh, Justin Hughes, uh, we were able to get uh, some passes to go um, on the uh, pre-race track area. You know that they—I don't even know who was the concert. Andy who Grammer, was which is Andy yeah. Grammer, which is an extremely good artist, and you know, and uh, this tells you I'm not much a country guy. First off, and <laughs> <laughs> you could tell I'm there for the race because uh, yeah. We wandered our way down, got down to the infield area, went right around that stage, heck with that stage, <laughs> went and found the pit box. I made a joke uh, with uh, Jonathan. I don't know if he got the joke or not, because uh, we went and took a picture down by their pit box, and they were all the way at pit stall, it was I think six, uh, up that end of the track. And I made the joke. I said, so we had trouble finding the pit box. Because usually he's got the pit box at the other end of pit road. Oh, it, that's true. Yep. It's true. He he likes he likes the pit box at the far end, you know, at the beginning of pit road a lot of times, uh, depending on the track and, and where they qualify to. I mean, if they get the pole, they're of course they're gonna take ball, uh, stall one, but um but I think that had more to do with um you know trying to be grouped around other Fords um in case they had some green flag pit stops. Um and we're wandering back down pit road, um, going toward the uh, the car because we can get to it close enough to the car. And I posted TikTok with some pictures and video yeah. of the car. Um, but on the way over there, <laughs> I guess who we run into our favorite spotter, Josh Williams. Uh, my wife and I, are, uh, good enough. To, he was good enough to stop, take a picture, uh, tell spotted us about the his, spotter spotted the spotter. I thought that was a great way of putting <laughs> it on Twitter. Um, the spotter was spotted. Um, and, uh, you know, he was uh, he was having an exciting weekend because he did spot um, the truck race on Saturday, and uh, he got to spot the uh, ARCA race on Friday since he was there at Mid Ohio too. So uh, they called anybody anybody they can get their hands on, I guess, uh, down there. And that, but that was uh, he traveled like I guess they fly him back out of Mansfield, Ohio, uh, Saturday yeah, night. Probably he got home late Saturday night, woke up early, and then took a flight into Atlanta with uh, the pit crew members. Uh, Sunday morning. So uh, it was great running into him again, getting to talk to him, uh, 
Uh, and uh, then we got uh, got to the race and uh, got up to the seats and more than enough time to enjoy a pretty nice uh, night, uh, except for the end of the night. Yeah, I have to say this is our, for us, this was our fifth trip to Atlanta Motor Speedway. Uh, we did have the opportunity to at least see one race on the old configuration. I think Ryan got a top five. That's when the two Bush brothers battled at the at the end of that race and Chastain was driving for Ganassi and, and conveniently kind of caught in the way and, and kind of helped Kurt Busch to uh, to a victory there. So uh, we got to see it on the old configuration. The track actually fell apart at a point in that race and uh, they had to repay, make repairs on the front stretch. It took about a half hour to fix. So that was the last race on the old configuration. So this was our fourth now there on the new configuration. Hands down the best racing that we've seen. There's lot, definitely lots of elements, including the threat of weather, uh, moving it to nighttime, the temperatures, that kind of thing that definitely played into the reason why the racing was so good. Um, but yeah, such a, such a great weekend. We, we went there for the Xfinity series race as well. Uh, I got to see an interesting finish there where if anybody knows anything about college racing, that they are usually one of the most best, uh, teams, almost like the way that the Penske teammates work on plate races or super speedway races as well. They always help each other. They always push each other to the win. And, uh, that didn't happen this time. So, uh, I think Matt colleague probably had an interesting meeting. I think they have their meetings on Tuesday. So probably this morning, they probably had a fun meeting with the, the Xfinity drivers and, and Justin Haley, who, uh, didn't uh, push his teammate to to the win there on Saturday night, but it was it was a great race. Uh, the weather held out. Um, I know there's uh, the talk on NASCAR Talk Radio. Um, most of the week so far has been uh, one lots of positive things about the races, but then also a lot of uh, a lot of fans that called in that were you know, kind of upset with the uh, with it being a night race. I have to tell you. As somebody that was there, uh, thank you for making it a night race. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked it just as fine as if it was a Saturday night race, but um, you know, Sunday night race, I always kind of make those plans to take uh, Mondays off, regardless anyway, as a rain date when I go to races, just in case, so we don't miss anything. But uh, temperature wise, made a huge difference uh, sitting out in the grandstands after the sun went down and watching that race. Because again, as somebody that was there last summer for this race, that watched it in the middle of the afternoon in the heat. Um, we had to take plenty of breaks from just sitting in our seats to maybe survive that one. And again, I think it contributed to the the great racing, the fact that they ran this race at night and um, cars, cars, especially speedway races. And on a track like this, where it's a mile and a half and things are whipping around so quickly, uh, cars look great under the lights in, in that style of racing. The, um, the grip is what changed, you know, the temperature goes down and the grip changes and, um, grip level, you know, will cause it two things. If it's really sketchy, then yeah, you're gonna have guys sliding around and maybe somebody takes advantage of it, but you've got a little bit of grip, just a little bit and guys can run in different areas. And all of a sudden you've got some passing or some chances to pass and some drafting side by side, trying to hold somebody back. Um, you know, arrow, arrow things. So, yeah, I think the temperature going down, uh, the sun going down, uh, definitely made the racing better that. And uh, as we'll talk of the weather, um, <laughs> the weather made it better too, because yeah. I hate to say it, but I mean, racing to the rain and not knowing when the rain is going to be, um, a lot of guys' hair is on fire all of a sudden. And, um, from lap, uh, what would halfway would have been lap one thirty. From that point on, uh, depending on what spotter and, and, and crew chief you were listening to, a lot of these guys were trying to figure out how to way to get up there, you know, and those who had it, you know, were getting up there. And as we find out, you know, Ryan was definitely one of the cars that had it. Him and the, the 20 car was able to make some moves by himself, too. 
But uh, when you've got a car that you can make a move by yourself and get around these two and three wide situations and then just get there, um, you know, it was a, somebody, uh, Josh called it a clinic of some sort. Yeah. Uh, uh, paraphrasing it a little, a little bit. Um, and it was, I mean, he, uh, he was putting on a show, you, you know, the result because of the weather and because of the, the accident at the end that, uh, you know, caused uh, the caution and everything changed what the outcome could have been, but, uh, it, it was great to watch, especially live yeah. on the plus side for the first time, I believe since the victory and the Coca-Cola 600, we do have a, a podcast to present to you. That's, that's pretty positive and uplifting and uh, altogether, you know, pretty good race. We had a, a rough stretch uh, since that mm-hmm. win of the Coke 600. Yeah. So Saint, why don't we Saint jump, Louis, uh, St. Louis gateway was pretty good. Yeah. G- gateway was good, but yeah, after that. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not so, not so great. So since it was a, a pretty decent weekend, let's, uh, let's stop talking, let's stop chatting and let's get into that recap that starts uh, on Saturday with a Saturday. pretty decent run in uh, qualifying. Yeah, Saturday, no practice, except they had a practice, but that's a little bit different. It's right after qualifying. And it's so funny because if you look at NASCAR's website, it said qualifying, but then it said a practice afterward. You're like, wait a minute, I what was are you talking about practice? At the track, and I was com- completely confused. I'm like, qualifying wrapped up, and then I was like, what? I'm like, what are we having a hot lap session right now for, like, just because just a couple guys came out, and I was like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. like, maybe they changed a transmission or whatever and they're letting them run a few laps and then after a while i'm like oh i understand what's happening yeah 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 they're practicing getting on a pit road um so yeah uh ryan went off uh 13th for qualifying because of the metric where he finished um and you know depending on the, the weather and so forth you never know cloud blows in at the right time somebody gets a little more grip whatever you know and you're kind of thinking well you know he goes to the top of the bar board and now we got to wait and you just want them to make the top 10 at that point. Cause you're like, well, you get to the top 10, then you maybe qualify somewhere closer to the front. Um, but he did, he put it on the, on the pole and it held that the rest of the session, <laughs> you know? So then he made the top 10 and you get the top 10, um, eight Fords are in the top 10, uh, going for the pole and Amarillo, uh, Amarillo, I'm sorry, Amarillo, Amarillo by morning, now, Amarillo, um, he, puts a lap down that was really, really an improvement from what he, what he previously did. And I thought, well, Ryan goes last. And if Ryan can improve just a hair, he'll beat it. And, uh, it's 0.014 was the difference. One, you know, hundredth, not, not even 10th, but a hundredth of a second back. And, uh, P2 is a great starting position though. I mean, you're in the front, so. Uh, and I think they were the only two to really improve on their lap times in yeah. that, of that second round of the, the top 10 there. So mm-hmm. I blamed it on myself. We watched qualifying from inside. It's called like the bootleggers bar. It's kind of the entrance of, or the exit of turn four at Atlanta. We watched it in the shade had a bunch of TV screens and beverages and that kind of stuff. And I was like debating. I'm like, cause I, I totally believe in superstitions and jinxing things. And I'm like, should I go out there? I'm going to, I want to go out and like film the lap. Cause I wanted to throw up on, on Facebook, throw it up on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm like, it doesn't matter if I watch it from here, watch it out there, stepped outside, filmed his lap. And if you watch it on Facebook, I'm filming the whole lap and I swipe or, you know, swoop back to the pylon waiting to see him go P one <laughs> and he goes P two. And I'm like, ah, man, <laughs> jinx is in. I did it. Jinx. It's my fault. Yeah. Well, I think it was, uh, 
I think maybe the breeze was blowing the wrong direction at one point. That's all. It's not you. Um, but like I said, it was solid. And, um, you know, uh, we get to Sunday for race day, stages of 60, 160, 260, eight sets of tires, a fuel run of says 62 to 66, but I think they go a little longer if they can, you know, run in the pack a little bit and, and you know, so forth. And, and guys were doing a good job of that. Uh, pit stall six, uh, open in front of him and the nine car behind him. We got the 23 and the 20 to the rear of the field, um, for some adjustments. Uh, the 23 actually didn't take qualifying laps. Something happened. They recognized it and didn't uh, hurt the car. Uh, you know, lap one here, uh, you know, on the front row, we got the 14, and the 22 of the guys pushing. And that's the, the one thing about this, uh, is you go want to look at who's, who's your pusher. If you're in the front, um, by lap three, he settled into third and it kind of like settled out a little bit there by lap 17, you know, they were kind of running, I want to say single file because there were a couple guys who tried to duck out here and there and try to make a move. Um, but at lap 17, we get a caution for the 21 car and, uh, it's amazing that he spun out where he spun out on that backstretch and nobody hit him. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. You thought somebody would have got collected, but, uh, everybody got around lucky. Him. Yeah. Thought yeah. he was lucky here, but he gets with the way this cycles through and the way they open pit road, he lost so many laps because they actually well, had him pulled him around. One, they had to pull him around slow because the splitters or the, <laughs> the underbody of that car is dragging. Mm-hmm. And then they pull him almost to the entrance of pit road and then sit there and let the pit stop cycle through and then pull him onto pit road. I'm like, oh my gosh, that had to have been agony in that car when you know that you didn't really have any damage except for well, underbody, and, but it, it, were, he, he heard it pretty bad under there. They were damaged pretty bad. Actually, they hit the, the yeah. nose, hit the nose into the wall. And uh, the reason I know they were damaged pretty bad for some reason, I don't know what oh, I did. Right. Right, <laughs> I don't know what I did right or wrong with my scanner, but my scanner, I had Josh on and we're listening to Josh most of the time, but anytime there was some dead air during, especially during pit cycles, um, I had the 21s radio uh, pop in there and uh, the crew chief and um, listening to him literally tell him what they're trying to do to fix uh, you know, the splitter and trying to get the car up off the ground and the front end up because it was, you know, it was dragging and there was, yeah. So there was enough damage there that he couldn't run it, run it anywhere near the pack. And as you see during the race, he gets lapped a couple of times yeah. by the pack. So he couldn't even get to the pack and hang in the pack. Um, so we got a restart lap 24 here. The 10 still leading Ryan. Once again, it settles out to about third here lap 40. Uh, the 22 takes the lead for one lap, but then he gets, it uh, gets taken away from him. <laughs> and, um, by, you know, uh, Ryan is up to second here by lap 48. Um, at lap 51, the 45 almost wipes out in, in turn four there. Uh, pretty dramatic little, you know, swerve and he got, he gathered it back up and no one, nobody hit anybody. Uh, but lap 58, Ryan takes the lead from Joey, um, which was awesome as, uh, you know, they were Enjoyed working, <laughs> they were working well together to some extent. I know people will go crazy about, you know, Joey, Joey runs a certain way and Ryan knows what it is. So at certain points, Ryan knows when he has to bail, you know, <laughs> and, and this was a point where Ryan had a better run. I think it was the 19 it pushed him at that point and he got in and around Joey. And then for the next couple of laps, um, actually Joey bobbles, the five car comes around Joey under the underneath. Yeah. Um, the five car gets a great run, um, in three and four on the last lap of the, of the stage. It was scary. I held my he breath. Passed, he, he passed Ryan. He did pass him. And then Ryan got him back by the line and literally like, what, by five feet, maybe. 
Um, but we get a stage win. Um, it's a point. Third, uh, <laughs> third stage win of the year. That brings the playoff point total up to eight, including the five that he got with his victory in the Coke 600. Um, mentioned a little bit about the racing. I was concerned because the first maybe 10 or 15 laps of this race, obviously the, the start of the race was exciting. Everybody side by side, but it it pretty much went to a single file for about 10 or 15 laps. But that whole time, like Austin Sindrick kept like trying to make moves. He's like one of the guys in the pack that actually kept pulling out a line. I think of him, I think the 48 a little bit further back, like they're at least kind of practicing, like if they could make moves on their own. But something clicked uh, in that stage. It was like probably halfway through the stage to the, all the way to the end. Like it kept getting back up to where they're running side by side again. And I don't know a fake part of that, too. The sun was going down, temperatures started to go down a little bit. Like I said, things got gripped up. Guys got a little bit more confident in the grip level of their cars and the moves that they could make. And uh, the end of that first stage definitely set the tone for what the racing was going to be like the rest of the the way through. And um, I don't usually get too pumped up in the stands, but the the way Ryan won that that race, I was I was on my feet and uh, you know some some fists flying in the in the air, and uh, I, I was having a I've had a really good time and enjoyed the fact that, um, you know, Joey tried to make a move to get around him as he usually does. He's not very content to himself usually push teammates to, to, to wins yeah. or stage wins or anything like that. And for once uh, it seemed like Ryan actually got the better of him. So it was, it was yeah, good to see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ryan made the right move at the right time. And Joey bobbled his bobbled his up so much that he lost position and uh, like I said, the five car went all the way around everybody on the low side. Um, uh, we're pitting. Um, oh, yeah. You know, you were saying about the crowd, a crowd around us <laughs> knew who I was rooting for. Um, we had the, you know, we had Josh on the scanners. We both have a, a headset on, but we both stood up at the same time. And uh, the, I don't know if some people saw pictures on social media. I made a worth racing shirt because, because I didn't have one really. <laughs> and um, the, uh, the logo on the back is a big red, that big red logo that they have. So anybody behind me knew who I was rooting for. Uh, so we go ahead and pit here for tires and fuel. Now, um, luckily I didn't see much on social media and I'm glad I didn't because they really didn't have to argue or want to argue with people Yeah. Uh, the next day. But the reality is any super speedway race, if they're pitting uh, for fuel, and, they're, and if they're taking four tires, it's longer to fuel the car than it is to put the tires on now. Okay. That's just the way it is. So if they're sitting there waiting and the tire, the jack and whatever went down, the tires or whatever, they're waiting for fuel and the more fuel you put it in now, the less fuel you have to put in later. And that's the way you do it all the way through the race. So that maybe at the end of the race, you might do a splash and go, and you might only have to be there for two seconds where somebody else had to be there for three seconds. And that one second on pit road is what gets you in front of everybody. So that's why you keep doing it this way. That's why you can't really look at the pit times. Um, I think the, the pit stop of the race between the Penske cars was the two car and it was like 11 and a half seconds. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't sub 10, you know, and that's because fuel is the most important thing and everybody was waiting to get their fuel. So they, they could go in first and they come out second. So, even on like a 12 second stop, they only lost one position, which tells you everybody did the same thing. Everybody was waiting on fuel. Some people were willing to gamble a little more with it than others. You know, that's what it comes down to. Um, and lap 67, the five car is now going to lead the, lead the field to the green here with Ryan running second. 
Um, lap 69, Ryan takes the lead for a lap, which was kind of cool. Um, at lap 80, we get a caution for the 24 and the 7. Uh, I think the 23, the 41, the 19, the 78 stay out at this point. And um, they come in for fuel only. And this only takes 4.75 seconds, you know, fuel only. Um, at lap 86, we restart. Um, the 23 is in the lead. And Ryan's up to sixth. Um, with a couple of these cars that stayed out, um, at lap 92, we did caution for the five, the 14, the 62 also spins out and Ryan is in ninth at this point and they're staying out. So we restart at lap, um, 99. Now, you know, these, when I say Ryan's staying out, others may have pitted at this point, and this is what changes strategy later on. Um, you know, because some of these ones that have pitted, well, they, they stayed out, what they've done is flipped the field a little bit and gotten themselves some track position that they may or may not lose later on, but it also gets them fuel that makes that able to them able to stay out later on too. So um, the restart lap 99 here uh, with the 17 and the 31 out front. So that was some strange things to see. Yeah. Uh, Ryan was up to sixth here, but um, at lap 101, he's up to fourth um, lap 123, the 43, the seven tangle. Uh, the one, the 38, the 45, 54 involved, but we're still up to fourth here. Um, we get a restart lap 129 with the 17 on the outside, the 12 on the inside. And, um, you know, I got like right here, I says racing. It's halfway. We're the halfway point. We're racing to the rain, the lightning. Um, once again, I'm listening to, I get two or three different scanners in there. So I'm hearing some different opinions. Um, some people think the lightning is going to be the first thing that happens because if the lightning gets within the eight miles, then we could see it, some. You know, we could we see some light. It. I mean, we saw it even before the they hit the 130 lap yeah. there. And I, I think there was actually a point um, during one of those caution breaks. I didn't have great Wi-Fi in my seats. So I let the folks in the Team Blady Discord know that I probably was going to be there most of the night. But I ran up mm. under the grandstand where Wi-Fi was good. And I just asked, I said, hey, are they talking about the weather on on the broadcast and they said that's all they've been talking about is the mm-hmm. weather yeah. and i was yeah. like okay i'm like i'm like we could see it we could see it coming so it was just a matter of time and uh, I, I mean i was glad i was relieved at that point um just as somebody that traveled up there that they got at least a halfway and not thinking about having the logistics of needing to come back the next day but the racing from i would say lap 99 and beyond like that's kind of when the the switch was flipped that's when mm-hmm. everybody was racing side by side making moves and from here on out especially what you just talked about right here how they had this restart and they ended up getting halfway um his gloves were off basically the, mm-hmm. the rest of this race mm-hmm. now you know we um with this restart at this point like i said some cars had had, had gotten gas and so forth and it changes some things around but uh, uh lap 131 the two actually took the lead now, Austin had gotten himself up there and taken a little lap or two. Ryan settles to a third by lap 134. At lap 135, we've got the six car taking the lead. So Ryan in the six here. Um, uh, Ryan leads a lap at lap 146. Then the six takes it back. And then at lap 155, we had a caution for the 48 and the 11. And uh, this pretty much takes us to the stage break. So um, we get uh, the six winning the stage. Ryan's in second. So a first place, a second place, bunch of play, bunch of bunch of extra points um, for the standings. Um, now, like I said, we're at lap one sixty. Lightning in the distance, talking about rain on the radio. Some guys think it's ten minutes away. Some people think it's twenty minutes away. Um, 
but the thing is, is either way, Ryan and those guys, a bunch of the guys who end up pitting are only maybe have 10, 10 laps, 10 green flag laps of, of fuel left. Yep. So um, it was a tough, it seemed like a tough decision. I was like, man, how do you pit right now? Cause we, again, you just mentioned it. We can see the lightning, you know, it's already dark out, but it's even darker in, in the distance. And you're like, is this going to be, I'm thinking back to, we talked about it last week to when Justin Haley won it at Daytona on a, a sequence, almost like this, like where, you know, mm-hmm. he stays out, everybody else pits, lightning happens and happens, boom, the race yeah. is over. And I'm like, oh, right. I'm like, I don't know. Do they just stay out? and hope that it doesn't make it another 10 laps. Cause like you said, I knew that they weren't, there was no way they were good on fuel, no. um, but they had to bite the bullet here. And uh, the six and the 12 and, and several others on that same sequence, pretty much same strategy had to come in and pit uh, to do the same thing. Yeah. So they do come in and take the four tires and fuel here. Um, and uh, you know, I, you know, have them going in second coming out 19th for the restart. But like I said, up, bunch of those other cars were on a different pit strategy they had more fuel they were able to be able to go you know 30 plus laps you know and and so that you know um so we get the restart uh let's see here time have fuel left uh, restart lap 165 and um with uh lap 167 the 24 takes the lead so i think it was the six six team was leading this restart actually if i'm not mistaken so like I said, within two laps, the 24 gets 34, up there. I think was up there too. Yeah. 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 He was, yeah. um, but by lap 173, Ryan is up to 14th. Uh, the four car spins on this lap, no caution, which I'm really impressed with them. Not calling a caution there. Uh, the four spun, he didn't hit anybody. Everybody got around him and he went down underneath. He was able to keep the car moving, which was good on his part. Kept the caution from happening that way. Um, and within the next couple laps, Ryan goes from 14th to ninth. So he gains 10 spots in uh, 13 laps. So that tells you, kind of tells you now, um, we get a caution at lap 178 for the 23 and the 41 spinning. Now that's funny is like, everybody's like, Oh, the rain, the rain. I'm not mad at the rain. The rain was coming and we knew it was coming. This caution is what screws things up more than anything else because they all, because they go from lap 178 to 185, they run seven laps under caution. If it wasn't a caution, that's probably what we figure maybe 15 or 20 laps. They would have ran in the green. And if they can do that and Ryan was already 10 spots in 13 six was on the move as well too. Yeah. yeah. The six was in front of him. So, you know, and the thing about it is the four tires gave him more grip than some of the other guys. He made some three wide moves, um, up underneath some guys and it was go time and he was coming. And some of the cars up there would have been, you know, he would have went around them like they were standing still if he was given another 10, 15 laps to do it. Um, so, yeah, the the rain comes and that's what causes the race to end. But the reality is, is that caution is what keeps Ryan from getting himself top five and maybe up in the front, you know. I like what so. you said about them the kind of holding the flag when Harvick spun. There was actually another incident, I think, coming out of four where I think it was like the eight and the 42 mm-hmm. got into the wall that I and Ryan was or yeah, I think it was at that point or maybe it was that a little bit earlier on in the race. Uh, when uh, I think that was coming to the toward the end of stage two, same thing. It was like they kind of held the flag there. There's some 
you know, there's some smoke up into the air from them hitting the wall. And I thought the caution was going to come out and that was before the, the halfway point. But um, it was, I appreciated the fact that they were trying to get in as many laps as they possibly could. I think if that Harvick spin happens on a sunny day, that, that's a caution. But mm-hmm. um, I, I appreciate that they they knew what they were up against. They they had enough spotters and they had enough eyes on that that spin to know not to do it. I was pretty devastated when because I knew I'm like this is it. Like I, the the lightning was getting too intense. Um, like it has to be close by at this point. And after maybe about two pace laps. You start putting your arms out, and you're like, yeah. "Oh man, here it is." We we and, we and, hurry, we wait. We didn't wait. We hurried up, and grabbed our. Um, and we've got stuff. We've got wet weather gear and stuff. Yeah, uh, you know. But we g- grabbed our uh, backpacks and we had headed underneath. And uh, uh, you guys came down and met us actually behind our section. And I think what it was maybe ten minutes later that they called the race. It was quick. It was it real was quick. quick. Um, but the rain was going to be the rest of the night, so they they knew what they were doing with that too. Um, and can confirm as somebody that stayed in the, at a hotel in the area, it, it did rain and kind of keep raining. <laughs> so yeah. it yeah, was a pretty was... big sell. I mean, that's when, when we said we could feel the raindrops, you know, there's a couple of times they flashed the radar up on the jumbotrons at the track and you can mm-hmm. see how big of a storm was coming. So they're like you said, as soon as you felt the raindrops, you just headed for cover because this, this was going to be over. Um, one thing we chatted about briefly under the stands was like, well, I don't know, maybe they'll hold out because you brought up the good fact that, you know, the West coast audience is still, still a pretty decent time for them to keep watching mm-hmm. the race. Uh, but un- unfortunately, you know, well, they, they had to like, call the well, race. And, even I said it then though, too, yeah. it all depends on how quick it was going to stop and it wasn't going to stop. Yeah. If, and it if, it, if, so. if, if we would have got a shower that lasted 10, 15 minutes and they could get back out there and it only takes maybe a half hour to drive the track, that's one thing. But it was going to rain. It was going to rain for another hour or two. And, you know, they, they, they made the right decision. Um, the know, other thing I can sh- report, I can report is the fact that we left Monday morning to drive back home to Florida, uh, stayed again in the Atlanta area and it rained all morning. It rained probably all the way till noon or so. So, uh, if they were going to restart that race, it probably wouldn't have been until, I don't know. I think it, it rained is still a majority of the day Monday too. So th- there wasn't really a good shot for them to, to get it in. Plus there, I mean, they weren't going to, they weren't going to postpone to Monday. They were already passed no, halfway. Already that's passed that's halfway, kind of the key. So, so yeah, once you're there. Um, so yeah, Ryan finishes ninth, uh, the 24 wins, um, really solid day. Uh, you know, like I said, it would have been nice to see what another 20 laps of green flag racing would have done. Um, I think they would have probably got themselves into the top five pretty easily. And who knows, maybe, maybe him and Brad would have been battling for the win. Um, Tons of worth employees at the racetrack. Uh, they had some activation there. They had they had a whole uh, hospitality area over there, kind of near our section. It was kind of great to see all the the red worth shirts and stuff. People out at the track supporting it. So I was hoping Ryan was going to be able to give them a, a good show. I wanted to mention um, some stats for you that uh, Team Penske put up about this day. That was a pretty dominant day. Uh, that just didn't end up in the victory. So Ryan had the best driver rating of the day at 120.3. He had the best average running position at 4.76. And he had, and you have to remember, there's a couple of times there when they pitted and they got stuck back in traffic too. So that kind of tells you how quickly he was able to move up through that traffic when whenever he was kind of presented with that obstacle. So an average running position of 4.76. And uh, talking about the speed that Jonathan Hassler and the the engineers and everybody on the 12 team brought this weekend, 
fastest in overall green flag speed at 181.067 miles per hour. Uh, he had a rocket. <laughs> he had an absolute rocket under him, just shy of the pole. Um, maybe like you said, maybe it was a stray cloud or something that that helped Almirola out in that in that pole run, but just shy of the pole. Probably had a really, you know, almost a guaranteed top five, assuming there wasn't chaos out front, which honestly, if they did uh, maybe even get to race that last 10 or 15 laps, you had some desperate guys up front, including, you know, the 99, the 16, uh, several, several other guys that were up there that needed the 34 that needed some victories. And mm-hmm. um, even that, what the 15, the uh, Rick Ware racing car, I think finished seventh or something like that with mm-hmm. JJ Yaley. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people that aren't used to necessarily running up front that were up front. So there could have been some chaos if that, if that happened, but I think Ryan had the ability uh, to make it through there. And like you said, I think Josh, somebody on the radio called it, called his driving throughout the day, a, a clinic. And um, it's, it's amazing. You know, I, I living near Daytona and kind of in Daytona's backyard, see a lot of most, the majority of the races that we see are super speedway races. We went to Talladega this year, 12 ran up front. Uh, every time they've been to Atlanta under this new configuration, they run up front. And um, they used to joke about Earnhardt seeing the air and being so good at that kind of, I don't know the skill set that Ryan has. I don't know. You know, Dave was always a really great super speedway racer. And we've talked about that on the show before. So something runs in the family, some kind of secret he's been told. Uh, and then when you pair it up with a, uh, you know, a first class uh, spotter in general, but definitely one of the best super speedway spotters in the series with Josh Williams, uh, they can make some magic happen. And, you know, they have a few, they have a few wins uh, between the two Talladegas and the the one Daytona win. I'm hoping that they can uh, next year add an Atlanta mile and a half uh, super speedway style win to their repertoire going forward. Yeah, Josh, um, let's speak to Josh for a second here because I, I know we talk about him a lot because he's been on our show and 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 he, he will uh, mess, be able to message him and ask him questions sometimes and find out things. Um, but his uh, listening to him on nights like, like uh, Sunday night, uh, are really, really impressive because of the things he, he's doing. Sure, Ryan uses a, a, a rearview mirror camera to see a certain amount of things, but being able to judge the runs, where the runs are coming from, who's doing the things in uh, in behind you, and sometimes if you're back in the pack a little bit, what's going on in front of you, because uh, you can't really see more than a car in front of you. Um, Josh is just incredible giving that amount of – data and information and, 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 and helping make the decisions easier for Ryan, you know, and uh, yeah, it just, just, it was a clinic by both of them, especially uh, that, like I said, that restart where he, he gains 10 spots within about 13 laps. And uh, like I said, who knows where, where they would have been with another 10, 15 green flag laps. I mean, um, the, 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 you know, the combination of that and then um, really truthfully, the preparation of the car, you know, what Jonathan and uh, and Raymond Fox and Tony Palmer, all the things that they're doing to get that car ready uh, during the week, um, when they show up, it is incredibly fast. I mean, look where they qualified at Talladega and look where they qualified this this week. So, um, you know, kudos to everybody involved. And, you know, the result was just, a, you know, we would love to have been a little bit better, but um, the performance on the night was awesome. One big thing the drivers were saying all weekend long, uh, again, this was the fourth race on this configuration, but the track has aged, you know, kind of rapidly. They mentioned that you had to be fast. 12 car was definitely fast. You had to be able to handle. They pointed it out to uh, uh, 
Daytona before the repave. They said it kind of raced a lot like Daytona before the repave, where you really needed a really good handling car to run up front and make moves. And somehow they they hit on that uh, magic setup with the 12 car that they were definitely able to do both. They were able to run near pole speed, um, have the highest, you know, the fastest speed overall in the race and uh, handling enough to where he could carve his way back through the, the traffic whenever he got kind of sent to the back a little bit because of pit strategy. So with this ninth place finish at Atlanta Motor Speedway in the Quaker State 400, the number 12 car moves up to the seventh position in the NASCAR Cup Series driver standings with Brian Blaney, mm-hmm. uh, 75 points back from the leader, which is William Byron. Um, note that that's a 10 he made up 10 points to the lead over last week. I believe he was minus 85 to the leader prior to that. Uh, again, he scored that playoff point by winning stage one. So he's now up to a total of eight playoff points. Uh, the top 10 of the Cup Series driver standings right now are Byron Truex, Kyle Busch, Christopher Bell, Ross Chastain, Denny Hamlin, Ryan, Kyle Larson, Kevin Harvick, and teammate Joey Logano rounds out the top 10. He's 110 points back from the leader. I'm um, going to hear a lot of talk going forward in this week about William Byron potentially being the championship favorite at this point, and we chatted a little bit about this uh, before we started recording, the fact that it, it's weird that it feels like, to me, like one of the least the least dominant feeling dominant seasons of all time because you know this was their fourth victory um he's sitting you know first in the standings he's 21 points up over Martin Truex Jr. um he has 22 or no something like that uh, playoff points but he would actually have an even bigger lead if it wasn't for uh, some uh, penalties that they got for, I think it was messing with the, the greenhouse area of the car earlier on in the season uh, that the Hendrick Motorsports decided not to appeal. So he had a five point playoff penalty and a 60 or something point like that, uh, just points penalty. So if you brought those back, um, you know, he'd be at, you know, nearly, nearly 30 playoff points. It wouldn't be at 30, but, you know, inching closer to that. Uh, Cause he has seven stage wins on the air too. And he would almost be like 80 points over second place or something like that. If he had that. So, you know, the 24 car um, they'd actually, for one of the first times I've seen, they had a mishap on pit road. I think they had an uncontrolled tire early on in that race that actually sent them back to the back of the pack. And then he gets in that, that accident. Um, so that was one of the first missteps I've seen from that pit crew. Uh, but I think they have the highest average start of the season they obviously are leading the series with four wins uh their pit crew is the fastest on pit road and um they're doing everything that they need to win a championship uh the good news is is ryan's not not that far behind and they definitely have a a crew and a a crew chief and a spotter and a driver that can make a run here and i've said it the last few weeks as we've gone through a tough stretch the best thing that we have this year that we didn't have last year is a win in our back pocket so we're guaranteed spot in the playoffs this year <laughs> and as you saw with joey logano last year that 22 team was you know they disappeared in the summer and mm-hmm. uh they just turned things on when it when it came playoff time when things mattered so we always could have that to look forward to for sure yeah you know get to the get to the round of eight win a race in that round of eight to get yourself into the four and then win the, win the last race. So it's, it's really, it's great to have the extra points uh, because you can point your way into things, you know, but William, William is probably pretty much guaranteed to get to the round of eight right now with as many uh, extra points as he's going to start each round with. 
Um, but you know, win win one of those final four races, you know, before the the final race there and win the final race. You win a championship. That's what Joey did last year. And uh, you know, that's that's definitely something that uh anybody can do once they're that far. So we talked about the good and just like last week, let's talk about the bad. And that's going to have to do uh with the results we had this past week in the team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. Uh, mm-hmm. I mentioned that I'll go through my starting lineup here, and there is a an opportunity here where I could have moved somebody out of the garage and gained about 40 points, but I didn't make that because uh, the Wi-Fi wasn't too great at my seats, and I didn't. the racing was so good, I didn't want to leave my seat to run up there to make a, a fantasy change. So starting lineup, and a lot of this was based on qualifying and what happened there, started Eric Almirola, who's pole sitter, got me 19 points, unfortunately. Uh, Ryan Blaney got me 47 points, which I believe was the the highest total on the day for a driver. Uh, Chase Briscoe got me 15 points. That didn't work out. Logano got me 27 points. That didn't, it was okay. Uh, the one that hurt me here, you know, I, I thought, you know, he had a pretty decent run in the Xfinity race and he's had a solid season for a rookie, but Ty Gibbs, uh, I had him in the starting lineup, only got me three points. And this is who I sort of should have swapped in had Brad Keselowski in the garage because he's always a threat to win this style uh, of racing. And uh, if I would have moved him up, it would have brought me up a little bit higher, but I don't think it would have done much for me. So left Brad in the garage. So I have some starts for him. I don't know, somewhere, somewhere along the way that I can use. Uh, I had Logano over Byron in the featured matchup. That was wrong. I had Ryan over chase in uh, that was right. I had Brad over Bowman. That was right. I had Ty Gibbs over Bubba Wallace and that was wrong. So Unfortunately for me, it did not work out yet again, just like a broken record, uh, bad week for fantasy for me. I think I have one top 10 finish on the year in fantasy and, uh, the rest have been 15, 20, 30. And I think this one, I'm probably in the fifties. I think I'm 54th or something like that this week in points earned. So, uh, what, what did your lineup look like and how'd you fare? Yeah, I, um, I set my lineup. I think while we were recording last week and I may do the same thing this week. I'm done you did. This. I was surprised. I was like, I wonder if he's going to make any changes after qualifying. Uh, no, nah, I didn't even worry about it. Plus like, you know, and then during the race, there's not enough Wi-Fi to make a move if I had to, because I had Joey in the garage, but I had Tyler Reddick, William Byron, Kyle Bush, Christopher Bell, Bubba Wallace, all guys who ran at or near the front, most of the race, um, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, Byron scores what 46 total points. I think Ryan ends up scoring 47 on the race. Ryan was another one with more points than, than Byron. Um, I had, um, Logano was the only one I had wrong in the matchups. Um, I had Ryan, right. Brad, right. I had bubble, right. Um, but it just, you know, with things, the way they got shuffled too, kind of hurt things. There's some guys who you wouldn't expect to get a good finish, got a good finish. And, um, yeah, yeah, it hurt a little bit. Yeah, so I ended up 59th in points earned at Atlanta. So if I would have moved Brad in, that would have just put me up into the 170s uh, as far as points go, and that wouldn't have that would have got me to about 28th. So still wouldn't wouldn't have been a great week. You ended up finishing in the 38th position at Atlanta with 158 points earned. But let's take a look at our top 10, which is actually going to start with a two-way tie for the ninth position with no hesitation and Abby NNK with 192 points earned. In eighth, we have Alyssa C with 195. In seventh, we have Zero Schlitzkiven, uh, 196. In sixth, we have Matt O with 199 points earned. 
fifth super mod 202 fourth christian dana 205 every week with christian dana i think they're getting top fives top tens good for them uh third big burn 206 uh uh fan of the show a friend of the show uh, a friend of ours uh joe bro uh, 1221 finishes in the second position in points earned with 213, just too shy of the winner this week, which is JD Racing, who is an active member of the Team Blaney Discord chat. So congratulations to them. 215 points earned, and they win this weekend's race at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Let's scroll over to the overall standings in the Team Blaney at NASCAR Fantasy Live League. And it looks like I'm sitting in the 37th position, which I'll take it. Usually I'm in the 40s. So Team Blaney host Adam, 3,346 points. Um, and let's take a look at the top 10, where slowly but surely you are slipping, but you're still in the top 10. 10th position, Mez 12, 3,551 points. 9th, Alyssa C, 3,574. 8th, Blaring Idiots, 3,614 Seventh, Eric D15, 3620. Six, Penske Fan 24, 3627. In fifth, no hesitation, 3638. In third, in a tie, we have Go Larson and Christian Dana, 3655. In second, we have Blaney's Daisy at 3684. And uh, pulling away a little bit, once again, in the first position, we have Factory of Sadness 6 with 3,743 points, and that gets them the overall lead in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. So, yeah, things are uh, things could be better, and uh, I don't think I'm ever going to have a positive fantasy report until we get to the playoffs, because uh, that's when I heat up. I heat up in that's the playoffs. Right. He resets it at the playoffs. <laughs> um, here's a cool thing. Um, I've just realized it because I'm looking at setting my lineup already. Um, the matchups are already set for next week. Um, you got Byron versus Elliot, uh, Kyle Bush versus Hamlin, Chastain versus Logano and Reddick versus Truex. So you could already start thinking about your, uh, your, uh, picks there. Um, I'm already putting my lineup together literally while we're talking. <laughs> I am a heck with it. Um, cause I've got only got certain usages left too. Like, uh, you know, but, uh, I put Chase Elliott in the lineup. So while you get your lineup set together, I'm going to give the folks uh, the the NASCAR on TV report for New Hampshire Motor <laughs> Speedway. Uh, just give you some time, and then I'll I'll let you give your lineup after after I give that TV report. So uh, <laughs> starting off this Saturday, July 15th at New Hampshire, 3 p.m. Eastern time, we have the NASCAR Xfinity Series and Better Health 200 at noon. Uh, so actually, I should have said that first. At noon, you actually have the NASCAR Cup Series practice and qualifying at New Hampshire. You can catch both of those things on USA. So again, the Cup Series practice and qualifying on Saturday at noon, and then at 3 p.m. Eastern time, you have the NASCAR Xfinity Series race at New Hampshire, both of those on the USA Network. And then on Sunday, you have the big show, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, the NASCAR Cup Series, Crayon 301 at New Hampshire Motor Speedway on USA. And uh, for you know the last few days, I've been thinking that this was a race that was like sponsored by Crayola or something like that. And that is incorrect. Crayon is a, is a totally different type of company, and I still don't fully understand uh, what it is. Uh, but I do have some, I have some jokes with some friends that lives in, let live in different parts of the, uh, the country. And people say crayon a little bit different. I say crayon, like a Crayola crayon. Uh, there's some people that say cranes, crayons, cranes. I don't know. So it could be the crayon three Oh run for, uh, for some people out there. So, <laughs> so did I give you enough time to, to get your, oh, your I, fantasy I, lineup for New Hampshire set? 
I already had it set before you did that. I truth. wanted I wanted you to second guess yourself. I wanted you to make some no, tweaks while we no, were going. No. I I made my bold statement already. Chase Elliott's in the lineup. Um, I only have one usage of Kyle Larson left, so I'm going to throw him mm. up in there. Christopher Bell, I've still got some use there. I'm going to throw him up in there. Let's get Truex up there. He's really good. Um, Chastain, and then I got Logano in the garage. Maybe I'll change the garage out after qualifying. Let's see. Um, but like I said, I'm out of usage on a couple of different people, Ryan included. So, um, But the, they got the matchups at Byron and Elliott, um, and, and I'm going all in with Elliott this weekend. I think this is the weekend Chase Elliott actually freaking wins. I hate to say that, but uh, you know everybody's looking at all the road courses. I think they get it done now. Um, they won't even wait for a road course. Um, Denny versus Kyle is the next matchup. Um, and I think that, the once again, I think Kyle Busch, uh, you know, They've run, been running up front almost every they've week. Been halfway decent. They find their way up there, but I don't know if it's smoke and mirrors sometimes or strategy, you know. He's uh, an incredible crew chief for sure. Yes, yes, he does. Um, Chastain and, and Logano um, is the other the next matchup. And I I think that the, you know, Trackhouse found, found their speed back again. And then uh, it's Truex and uh, Tyler Reddick. And I, once again, I think the guys with experience do well at New Hampshire, guys who've been there a lot. So, um, yeah, the, the, you know, that's what I'm looking at. I really do. I have a feeling that, that for some reason that uh, Chase Elliott just shows up this week. You know, his teammates are driving near the front or winning races. And, uh, you know, he needs to do something in the next seven weeks. And this, I think before they even get to Watkins Glen or Indianapolis, um, I think he does it this week. I wouldn't, I would not be surprised to see the nine car at some point. They do need to flip the switch. You know, they haven't, uh, I think I was listening to the, uh, some, someone on Sirius XM giving some stats about him since he's come back this year and they've scored, you know, little to no stage points. Uh, mm-hmm. they have some decent finishes out there. You know, I think he still has an average finish, uh, that's on uh, around 14th or 15th, something like that. So, they're not finishing terribly, but he is getting to that point now where it's going to be get really, really tough to try to point his way into the playoffs. And I don't think he's going to have to lean on that anyway. We're talking about a former champion of the sport here who's running in some of the best equipment on the series. So um, I, I wouldn't disagree with you thinking that Chase could win this year. But let's talk about Ryan's uh, stats here and his outlook for this race at Loudon. He's made a uh, even 10 starts at this track in New Hampshire. Um, he's led 69 laps total. He has an average start of 10.5, an average finish of 12.8. So not too shabby. Two top fives, four top 10 finishes in those 10 starts. Uh, if we take a look at his last several finishes here, uh, starting in, uh, we'll take a look at 2018 when they went to uh, just running one race a year there, uh, seventh, fourth, 20th, fifth, and 18th. So, uh, last three races, not too great. It does have that top five, but a top five is splitting a 20th and an 18th place finish. So, um, but not a, not a bad track for him. I, I think if I remember the, when they ran there last year, they just kind of had a ho-hum kind of okay race. They never really were able to run up front too much. And um, mm-hmm. they actually ended up well, finishing the race a lap down. So that kind of shows you they didn't necessarily have the speed. So, um, I'm going to guess that New Hampshire might be one of those tracks that uh, Ryan and Jonathan have worked on over the off season because it's somewhere that they, they can find some improvement at and uh, see if they can go out there and uh, compete this weekend in the crayon 301, 2 30 PM Eastern time on Sunday on the USA network. So yeah, uh, uh, do, you, do you have any Ryan thoughts on, uh, on his outlook for the weekend? 
I, you know, qualifying is going to be key, uh, like it is every every weekend, really. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's like a Loudon. Uh, Loudon is a mystery to me. It really is. Uh, sometimes you go there and you just hit on it. You see certain guys who they'll hit on it and they'll just blow everybody away all day long. Um, I think it was was it Jeff Burton the one time it was like that. It yeah, just, almost you know, led all the laps. And, yeah, yeah, you know, so it's one of those things like they get there if they've got everything right and the weather's right and the setup is right for the weather and the you know they're bringing a different tire, but um, from what I understand, that's not going to make a huge difference um, in the handling. Uh, so, uh, you know, you're right. Even like Al Marola a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I think he won a pole at Nashville a couple of weeks prior, and like they kind of got in the right direction somehow, and he went out and like dominated and won the race in New Hampshire. Yeah. I think that so, was his last victory a couple of years ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, you know, are that, um, is this, I'm, I, you correct me here. Is this one of the tracks where they're allowed to have wet weather tires? It is. Cause it's a mile, it's a mile track. It's relatively flat. Um, that's also why they're going to be testing. I think Monday, Tuesday, after this race, they're going to be testing a new, apparently wild <laughs> concept for the short track package, mm-hmm. uh, that they're not going to implement as far as I know this year, but it's something that they could implement in 2024. So mm-hmm. this is one of those tracks. And from what I understand that, that Northeast up there is being pounded by rain right now. Right. And there is a potential for rain again, once again, for what the fourth straight weekend in the, on the cup series. Mm-hmm. So, um, it is right. a wet weather tire available yeah. racetrack. Okay. It is. Okay. Cause it's a, there's like a 60% chance of rain, um, on Sunday as of right now. So yeah. Um, that, that was something I thought about. I was like, well, that could change everything too. You know, you, you do something on Saturday in the dry, dry conditions, and then you got to drive in the wet conditions on Sunday, you know? So, um, also, uh, just a note, um, you know, we've gotten to know, uh, the, uh, people running the merchandise hauler for Penske there. Uh, it's uh, Billy, uh, was it Billy Gilbert? And, um, they, I was informed that there's going to be autograph signing this week. Now I'm sure there's going to be dates and times on their website or, or through maybe the New Hampshire, uh, speedway app. But I was told that, uh, they're looking at, uh, Harrison Burton, uh, Austin Cindric and Ryan coming to the trailer at some point to do an autograph session this weekend. So, uh, take a look out for that too. Um, that's kind of a cool thing. Uh, those are something where a lot of times you got to get a wristband ahead of time, probably because it can only do so many. So uh, keep an eye out for that. If you're going to the track, I know I actually have somebody I work with who is going this weekend. So awesome. If you see him, tell him you listen to the podcast. Cause uh, yeah, we've <laughs> yeah. got to know them the last couple of weeks. Cause we've been yeah. in Nashville. We've been in Atlanta. So yeah, cool talk, yeah I got, I got him. I got him a couple shirts. And it was funny. Cause he says, uh, he says, uh, yeah, I'm going to wear it. I'll wear it next weekend. I'll wear it next weekend. I was like, okay, well, yeah, let, you know, if you see Ryan, you know, let him know, you know, you've met the crazy, uh, podcast guys, you know, and I'm sure he'll know who you're talking about, you know? So, uh, that'll be kind of cool. Um, the, 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 I don't know if they'll be allowed to wear them where, where they're working the trailer, but, uh, out and about, you know, if you see them out and about at the track, uh, they'll be wearing those big bright yellow shirts with the red writing on them. <laughs> Awesome. One last thing that we need to talk about before we call it quits in this episode of the podcast is we should give you an update. Uh, We had Leah uh, Reeves on last week from the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation, the daughter of Dale Blaney, and she helped us preview 
the 15th annual Blue Blaney Memorial as the All-Star Circuit of Champions and the BRP Modified Tour went to Sharon Speedway in Hartford, Ohio uh, for that memorial race that honors uh, the life and legend of, of Lou Blaney. And she talked about some of the fundraising efforts that they had on tap for the weekend. They had a Blaney Bunch fan club meetup, a little dinner there. Uh, we mm-hmm. had our, our roving reporters, uh, Jerry and Kirsten there, who if you did attend that, you may have come away with some uh, Team Blaney koozies that the, that they passed out to some of the folks that were in attendance at the race. Uh, happy to say on the fundraising point, uh, we we previewed some of the items that they're going to be selling at the, at the silent auction at, at the memorial race. And um I tell you what, I followed up with on some of those things. They had the the panel from the car. They had gloves. They had parts of Dave's sprint car. Uh, they had some other some other interesting items there. They had a Daniel Hemrick package and some other things. Uh, I thank you to everybody that participated in the bidding for that. Uh, it looked to me like uh, the bidding in the the auction itself was incredibly successful for the foundation. Uh, raised several several thousands of dollars just on the auction itself. Uh, Steve and I also, uh, we had Team Blaney on one of the sprint cars, on Dave's sprint car. We had a, a battling Team Mez over there on Dale's sprint car. Um, in the race itself, uh, Dave, both uh, Dave and Dale did qualify for the all-star feature. Uh, Dave won the dash and started on the pole, ended up finishing fifth. Dale uh, raced his way up to the seventh position. So both the Blaney's ended up in the top 10 in the Lou Blaney Memorial uh, both are past winners of the race. I think Dave's a two-time winner. I think Dale's won it once. They uh, So they still have some work to do next year, maybe to go and pick up a, another trophy. But uh, Sunshine, Tyler, Courtney, uh, who's been kind of uh, setting the you – know, he's been running really successfully this year in the, in the All-Star Series, gets his first ever win in the Lou Blaney Memorial, first ever win at Sharon Speedway altogether. Uh, really great race. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out definitely to the track crew. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Jerry was there on hand and stuck it out. But I think from what I remember, you know, I was at the Xfinity Series race. I was able to watch this race uh, on Flow Racing from my hotel room because there was a rain delay at Sharon as well. Uh, some rain came through the area. The track crew worked incredibly hard to get that thing back into shape, and they were able to get the 15th annual Lou Blaney Memorial off and running. And again, Tyler Courtney wins. Dave with Dave and Dale both with uh, top five and a top ten finish respectively, and. Uh, but also the big thing too. Congratulations to Leah, Aaron, Patty, uh, everybody at the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation uh, who had a really successful fundraising weekend. It looks like, and uh, all of that uh, is going to uh, go to the Alzheimer's Association, which is a really important cause for them. So always good to have Leah on. Um, we posted that video. It looked like you got you know pretty decent views on, on between Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and all that stuff. So really. Uh, happy to be able to spread the word on that and thank you to any of our listeners that that tuned in attended the race and uh you know maybe maybe walked away with uh, some really awesome blaney memorabilia from that live auction Mm -hmm. but steve i think that uh that pretty much wraps it up for this week's episode of the team blaney podcast i want to thank everyone once again for tuning in if you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host steve just listen to our very first episode that explores our blaney racing fandom you can interact with us on facebook and twitter at team blaney and on instagram at team.blaney um new this week (laughs) you can interact with us with us on the new uh, social media platform platform threads Threads. you find us at team.blaney on threads if you if you followed us on Instagram and you get a, an account on Threads, you also have the opportunity to just go ahead and click that button where you just follow everybody you already follow on Instagram. Yeah. So I know we're uh, 
It's going to take us a little while to get up to, I think we're almost at like seven or 8,000 followers on Twitter. It's going to take a little while for us to get to that mark again. Mm-hmm. But as Blaney fans start adding us, check us, check us out on threads. It has a, has a lot of work to do to get some, mm-hmm. some more opportunities, some more options. Uh, I'd really like a, a followers only feed, something like that. Um, but it's been a fun week uh, watching that, that platform evolve. Yeah. that uh, it's kind of interesting to watch it. It's kind of like, uh, it's Twitter light, you know, <laughs> you know, right now, because it's not, you know, but if enough people come over from Instagram and it's really it's easy to do, if you've got Instagram, you, you go get it and it just transports everything over from your Instagram over. So, um, it's, it's not hard to do at all. I, I do want to mention TikTok. Um, I try to do at least one a week. I try to do something cool with the music. Um, what I'd really love to see is not just, uh, watch, come and look at the video, but, uh, follow the page. Yep. Um, because uh, we need to get to, was it as a thousand followers? If you get to a thousand followers, you can do it live. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I would, I mean, right now I think we're just short of 500 and I would love to see it get to a thousand. And then like the next race we go to, we could do a live. That would be oh, awesome. Be cool. You can do live. Really we can cool. go live during a, a recording. Do, uh, maybe we could do our do, fantasy do, segment live, something like live, that, right? something like that. Yeah. So, um, let's, uh, let's see if we, yeah, if we can do, you know, do a live as a recording here. I could set up, a, set up my thing here and, you know, and, and turn it around and figure out a way to get the sound out of it, you know? So yeah, we need to get to a thousand followers before we can do that. So, um, don't just like the video, see the video, but, um, follow the page, um, you know, and I'll keep trying to put out more and more content, uh, as I, as I can. Um, but, uh, to do a live would be totally awesome. Uh, cause then we can interact, uh, with the live. And like I said, show you maybe some behind the scenes or I, I've seen different people who do a live right from the racetrack. And, and that'd be kind of cool, too. We'd go to the merch trailer, do a live from there, maybe. Or if uh, Patty's got the tent set up, maybe do a live from from her tent somewhere, too. So um, if, uh, you know, if you guys do to check out the TikTok, check out the TikTok, do it up and uh, and uh, follow the page. Yeah. So that is team dot Blaney on Instagram threads and TikTok as well so steve said go find follow share uh tell your friends tell your fellow Mm -hmm. your fellow blaney fans that (laughs) we're on all the social medias uh even youtube check us out there too Mm -hmm. and finally we want to uh encourage you once again to support the ryan blaney family foundation established in 2018 this organization supports causes like the alzheimer's association and upmc sports medicine through fundraisers events and membership in the Blaney Bunch Fan Club. To learn more, visit RyanBlaneyFamilyFoundation.org or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So, for my co-host Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Check out the TikTok. Uh, thanks, everybody, for coming. I hope you enjoyed it.